A binge-worthy show about Jesus? The Chosen Season 3 is here. Come and see what the buzz is about. The Chosen explores the imperfect and messy relationships of real humans following Jesus. The first six episodes are available now. Stream each new episode for free. Plus, watch exclusive content like The After Show, only in the new Chosen app. Download The Chosen app on mobile and TV streaming devices. Visit BingeJesus.com to learn more. Hey, MEAC fans, it's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion? Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed, a podcast covering all aspects of fantasy baseball to help you win all of your fantasy leagues. From dynasty to prospects to redraft, we got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clay. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Tool Shed. This is episode 95 of the Fantrax Tool Shed with Click and Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have another fun episode in store today with a great guest. But first, let's bring in my 80-grade co-host, Mr. Chris Clay. Chris, what's going on, man? How much? That's like the fourth time you've said that today. We've recorded a lot today, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's good, man. I, I'm, I feel honored every time you you throw that label on me. I think I'd be the number one overall prospect at this point. So 80s across the board. Yep, yeah, that's 80, uh, 80 hit, 80 power, 80 run, 80 field. I've just got to graduate to the majors at some point because, like, I'm sitting here in the for 95 episodes, <laughs> 96 episodes now. I've been sitting in the in the farm. So 80 grade. I got to crack the big leagues at some point. But plus, plus I'm doing good. You're 27. That's that's old for a top prospect. I'll be yeah. I'll be 28 in a week, so I'm getting getting up there. Oh, that's right. Your birthday's coming right around the corner. Yep. That's right. Ah, uh, hey man, you you gotta go to the majors some point. Come on, yeah. what, what's holding maybe, you back? Are maybe you, are you when blo- I'm 30. Are you blocked or are you blocked? Yeah. Is someone in your way or? Yeah, I guess so. Are you? Are maybe you, when I'm 30, I'll crack the, the big leagues. Are, are you in the Rockies organization or something? Yeah, or, that that's exactly or it. Tampa Bay. Ah, you're a shortstop in the Tampa Bay org. It's adds. That's that's fine. Okay, you're behind Wander. I get it. <laughs> the Rockies just signed Todd Helton to block me. <laughs> yes, they, they brought back Todd Helton, Larry Walker, and who was another old Rocky from Andres Galarraga. Oh, God, big cat. Dude, Scalaraga, there's a good name I haven't heard in a minute. Oh, good good times, good times. Um, well, it's, like I said, we do have a good guest today. Joining us today in the tool shed is a contributor for Triple Play Fantasy, a writer at Pitcher List, Fantasy Pros, and Dynasty Nerds, and the co-host of the Call Up Prospect Series with Marty Tallman, which I will be going on later this week to talk some Seattle Mariners prospects. Looking forward to that. Mr. Christian Crespo joins us today. Christian, thanks for coming on. How are you doing? Oh, man. Let me tell you, to be able to finally be a part of this show is is like a dream come true, to be completely honest. I mean, for... So as long as I can go back to remember to last year, I heard the intro just like close my eyes and I picture just like walking around the block or something, just listening to the podcast. I was like, wow. And then open my eyes and there you guys are now part of the show. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you on. You've been doing great work. I said you're at, like I said, in your introduction there, you're, you're at multiple sites and you just got brought on at Pitcher List as well over the last few days. Uh, that's that's great there. Congratulations. And it's nice to see your your growth over the last. When, when did you, you start? You started like at November or something like that? Yeah, like around Thanksgiving. That's crazy. Yeah, here we are. Uh, What's it about three months later and you're at Fantasy Pros, you're at Pitcher List. It just shows that good quality work and hard work pays off. So um, congratulations that. on all your success so far. Definitely love your work. And that's why we have you on here. Uh, we get Christian on today to talk some breakout pitching prospects for 2022. And these won't all be like 
completely off the radar name. We get a good mix of guys that you already know about, but we think can break out more and some names for further down rankings list. We have a nice mix of players here. We will talk uh, four players each 12 total uh, throughout the show. Give, give you some nice analysis on all these prospects and why we think they're going to be breakouts here in 2022. A lot of fun names, but before we get into all that, the usual housekeeping, you can find us on Twitter. Chris is at Roto Clegg. I am at Eric Cross04. Our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. And Christian is at C Cress, C R E S S underscore two six. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review. Check out our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Fantrax Toolshed for extra content from both Chris and I. And of course, check out all the other great work we have over on the Fantrax HQ network, including our 2022 draft kit. Let's get right into it. Like I said, we have four names to give you each. And we will give our guest the uh, we'll put our guest in the leadoff spot here. So, Christian, who is your first breakout prospect for 2022 on the pitching side of things? So, when I first got um, the sheet, kind of showing like what we were going to be doing, uh, immediately I thought to one of the top pitching development systems in all the baseball. I thought Cleveland, and so the arm I'm going with is Xavier Curry, and you know he. This past season, he really broke out. Um, I mean, he had a 2-3 ERA, a .89 whip, 123 strikeouts, and only 16 walks over 97 and two-thirds innings um, across two different levels, lo- uh, low and high A. He averaged an 11.33 K per nine and a 7.69 K per BB. That's Those ratios are incredible. I mean, 69% strikeout rate. Um the one thing that I do like about him, though, is just that he's a really good athlete just in general. And you kind of tend to see, you know, a lot of these pitchers that develop quickly just be over- good overall athletes. And um, it goes back to when he was at Georgia Tech. He was a uh, two-way player, actually. So that really helped him. And he said that – and he, he was a football player in high school, too. And um, – you know, I have a quote here from him that says, uh, and it goes to his command. I mean, you saw with his uh, strikeout to walk ratio this past season, but he goes, one of my strong points is being able to throw wherever I want to throw. I played quarterback in high school and being accurate was kind of my thing. And so you have a, a pitcher like that on the mound that just has that confidence when he goes on the mound. He knows he's going to be able to dominate when he gets up there. And that's somebody that, you know, he, he, showed out this past season and i think that's just the beginning especially in a system like cleveland uh, i don't think you could go wrong there yeah i uh certainly agree with that i think that cleveland's proven time and time again that they are more than capable of developing <laughs> high-end arms and we keep seeing it time after time i don't know how they're going to fit all these guys in the rotation i guess they'll just keep trading like we've seen they just kind of 12 man rotation Come they on. just kind of trade off yeah they may be first first 10 man rotation <laughs> just here. refill it Right. That's what they keep doing, man. And that unfortunately, that's what uh Cleveland's done is kind of when they when the guys get too expensive, trade them off. But hey, the developments there, can't deny that one. Great pick. I was gonna go with Brandon Williamson, but uh Eric really wanted to talk about him. So I, I handed him <laughs> off and and went <laughs> audible. We made it we made a trade here. We did make a trade. So <laughs> I am going with Brennan Malone, who is in the Pirates Org and really flying under the radar a little bit one because he hasn't thrown many innings uh, professionally he's only thrown 22 total innings since being drafted in 2019 dealt with some injuries dealt with the covid year obviously where there was no season so he's fallen behind he was originally drafted by the diamondbacks in the first round in a comp pick 33 overall he's from img academy so you know when a player's from img that's the top of the line like the top prospects high school prospects are going to get recruited to play high school ball there, which is kind of crazy to think getting recruited in high school. That's how good they were. Malone's stats are pretty much irrelevant to this point just because of the small sample, but he's been working on some things and there's just some nasty numbers uh, from bangers benders on Instagram. He's working at their facility and just looking at what he did. And, and I know this is just he, some, some live BP he was throwing in the, in the facility, but fastball was up to 98 and had over 2,500 plus RPM on it, which is the league average on a fastball was 2,300. Um, his curve, which just breathtaking, just sucks the life out of you, 
I was at 3,035 RPM on this pitch and had good velo as well. The slider, he he describes it as a slider-cutter mix, actually. And his words were, I kind of said screw it and just throw it hard, and I think it plays off my fastball a little better. So he's just gonna he's just gripping it and throwing it hard, and it's just doing – he actually uh, – block the numbers on it on this video you can't even see what the the rpm and the, the velo was but it's just insanely nasty pitch here so malone's been working to refine these things he's a big boy at 6'4 205 so he's got a good frame a durable frame that i think's pretty repeatable hopefully he can push past the injuries because those have obviously been a big factor for him i don't think he's on many people's radar at this point the command has been spotty and i think that's going to be a really big factor but you look if if he can consistently throw the fastball in the mid to upper nineties and hit his spots with it. And then you factor in a curve, a slider cutter mix, and maybe even mix in a change up a little bit. I think that we're looking at a solid starting pitcher. He's behind developed minimally. I don't know where he's going to end up starting next year at 21 years old. He may be in high a, so that's not a strong possibility considering he hasn't been at a low a yet. So he could move quick though, because of age, hopefully he just builds those innings up, but Malone is one that I'd watch out for if he can stay healthy. I think that he could be in for a big breakout year. And I especially was just onto him after I saw those numbers that were popping off on on the uh, Rap Soto data. Like, just those numbers really catch my eye when I see those kind of numbers. So hopefully he can stick as a starter um, and get the workload down, and we'll see. But I, I do like uh, Brendan Malone a lot. So I'm looking forward to seeing his progress in 2022. I like Malone too. I've always kind of been a Malone guy. Yeah. Hasn't really had as much success as I thought so far, but I, I like the Pittsburgh organization right now, player development wise. I think they're definitely an org on the rise, you know, obviously, which is no, no surprise with Ben Charrington at the helm. He's always been a great player development mind and wherever he goes, you know, there's always a good player development, you know, team behind him. And that's like, look at where you know, he took us. Like our org was kind of so, so here in Boston, uh, for a while after, you know, the Hanley and Pedrillas and all the John Lester's came through. And then we got Charrington and we became one of the top um, systems in baseball headlined by like Kopech and Moncada at the time and others. And then Dombrowski got a hold of it and uh, kind of <laughs> took it the other way. But yeah, definitely. So long story short, I like Brandon Malone uh, as well. And I will start with Williamson, who I acquired via trade on this show <laughs> for future pick considerations i don't know what i gave chris but uh yeah i love brandon williamson a lot and you know what's not to like you know first off you look at him he's 6'6 210 so a little on the lankier side um but yeah he's got a, a higher three-fourths arm slot but he, he hides the ball very well there's a lot of deception in his delivery and it's very smooth you know you don't really with these bigger guys sometimes you'll see some effort or just kind of herky-jerk motions in their delivery but very smooth, very easy, minimal effort, you know, and he repeats it very well. So love to see that. Uh, he was a second rounder back in 2019 out of TCU in 2019 in low A, 15 in the third innings with a 41% strikeout rate. And this past year between high A and double A in 98 in the third innings over 19 starts, 339 ERA, 118 whip, 8.1% walk rate and a 37.4% strikeout rate with a 17% swinging strike rate. So very good metrics there. He can just miss bats with all four of his pitches, pitch mix, fastball, curveball, slider, changeup, all of which can be above average or better in any given start. Um, like I said, that fastball out of a, a higher three-fourths arm slot sits around in the low to the 90s, you know, 92 to 94, 95 or so, but he can ring it up to 97, 98 when he needs to. Good extension uh, in his delivery with some deception, like I mentioned. Curveball was probably, I'd say, his best secondary pitch. Mid-70s, great depth, really falls off the table. That's easily a, a plus pitch. And he could throw that to both righties and lefties with confidence. Also mixes in a slider in the low 80s with sharp horizontal movement. Kind of has a cutter look at, to it at, at times. Uh, and a mid-80s changeup as well. And that changeup has developed pretty well since being drafted back in 2019. So those are both at least average, but both can flash above average as well to pair up with that plus fastball and plus curveball he has. Now, some in command and control, that was kind of an issue, not a huge issue, but uh, those are kind of the knocks on him coming out of TCU, but he's been okay in those departments as well, improving in both areas over the last couple of years. He won't be a you know control artist or anything like that, but 
definitely could be just 50 grade for each long term. Uh, it's really funny too. Like out, you know, despite his success so far, like I mentioned those stats, pretty good stats, especially the, the strikeout rate and that swinging strike rate and the arsenal that he has. It's funny. You think he'd get ranked a lot higher and I'm guilty of this as well for probably under ranking Williamson. Like he's got top 100 potential. He probably could be that right now. Um, but you, you don't really see him getting that type of respect yet. So I think there's another level. Like he, if he has this type of season again next year, probably starts in double A. He's at the triple A later on the season. You, I think you can see him move up into the top 50. I don't think there's honestly not a huge gap between him and like a Nick Lodolo long term. I like Lodolo more, obviously, but I don't think there's a massive gap there. So I think Williamson's going to jump up again uh, in 2022, uh, especially if he has another great season in that strikeout department as he gets into the upper minors this year. Uh, so really love Williamson, the breakout. So go get him in Dynasty. Uh, that brings us to Christian's second arm, and we're going down to Miami for this one. Oh, yeah. Another system that uh, has had a lot of success in developing uh, pitchers, especially recently. Uh, my next guy is Dax Fulton. Um, yeah, Going back to the 2020 draft when they took him in the second round, he was actually considered to be a first-round talent uh, coming out of high school. Um, but he did have Tommy John in high school. Um, so I pushed him down to the second round. Marlins were able to sign him there. Um, this past season was his first season back after surgery. So he did have a little bit of rust. Um, his numbers at uh, high A Beloit weren't great, but his numbers in Jupiter were actually pretty good. And Jupiter actually, you know, has a few teams in that league that do have a few, you know, hitters. Uh, so it was really good to see he, the Babbitt um, at each level was a little inflated. So you have to think that his numbers will kind of settle a little bit after that. Um, but he's a 19 year old with four good, good, really good pitches in his arsenal. He has really good command of each of them, which he's able to fill the zone with each, each pitch. Um, you know, he has a low nineties, four seam fastball. He has a really good sinker that he pairs well with his changeup, both moving in opposite directions. And then what he's known for really is that power curveball. Um, as his out pitch. Um, so with a team like the Marlins that are doing really good in developing young pitchers, like I said, you know, they had Jake Eater emerge this past season. And a lot of people, they took him later on in the draft. And people said that if they redrafted, Jake Eater was going to go in the first round of that draft class. Um, you know, he had Tommy John surgery now. So he you know, kind of takes a step back. But I feel like Dax Fulton is just going to be another one of those arms in this in this system that's just gonna it could be a potential quick riser and it's like cleveland i mean the marlins just continue to fill out their rotation and they have these guys just ready to go and they're probably going to do it again this draft class and draft another arm and develop them <laughs> into another great starting pitcher for their probably. rotation and I, I don't know i'm just it's it's one of these organizations that like i said you just get really excited for and you know that um, when they get a hand, their hands on somebody with, you know, Dax Fulton's potential, especially as a lefty, you know they're going to do the most they can um, to develop them. And they've had a lot of great success recently. So I'm excited to see what he does this year. And I feel like um, for all those box score watchers, they're going to look at his numbers and be like, oh, well, you know, he didn't really have a great season. But all the stuff is there and the underlying numbers show that. So, like, now's the time to go out and get him before he really, you know, shows out this season. Yeah, for for sure. I love I love Fulton as well, and like I said, that Miami org. Like you'll you'll get a you'll sense a trend here. A lot of these players are from good you know player development org, especially with pitching. You see some Cleveland, some Dodgers, some Miami, some Seattle. So yeah, definitely you'll see a trend there. I li I like Fulton a lot. Yeah, I want to go back to Brandon Williamson real quick. You I mean you said it all well, but I was going to point out um, over on Baseball America, Jeff Ponce actually rated his fastball the best on the top 100 list and Williamson is 83rd on their list. So, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility, like you said, to see him jump into the top 50, but I mean, he had a 37% whiff rate on the fastball, which is kind of unheard of and threw yeah, it first like 70% of the time, 20 inches of um, induced vertical break, which is awesome. Like that's absolutely insane. And so with, with that, I, I thought it was interesting that the fastball ranked the best among the all pitchers in the top 100 for him. So, yeah, Williamson's a stud. Everybody we've talked about, I think, has a yeah, big I, chance to break out. Sorry, go ahead. I feel like – sorry. Um, I feel like 
he gets overlooked because of all the other arms in that organization, in that farm system. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, everybody's on Hancock, Kirby, Matt Brash really showed out you know, this past season. And he's just kind of there, just chilling, just hanging yeah. out. Yeah, so. I, I think I, I won't be surprised if he's universally ranked head of Hancock after this year. The reports I've heard on Hancock are not good. Like a lot of people are fading him, which is interesting. He so, has that also shoulder that shoulder injury that yeah. keeps popping up too. That I'll be yeah, kind of lingered since college. Um, speaking of of injured players, I'm picking one right here with Owen White. And White was drafted in 2018. Did not make his pro debut until this year, which is funny. Uh, he was rested post draft in 2018. Had Tommy John in 2019. Last season was lost to the COVID lost season. And then this year was actually shortened because he broke his hand during the opening start, didn't return until August. So Owen White has completely fallen off the radar. But tell you, he's a big talent. He's from this area, right? You know, just over the border in North Carolina. He was a South Carolina Gamecock commit. So I, I knew of him back in the day. And here's the thing about him we saw him in the AFL, the first game we went to in the AFL. He was pitching, and we weren't thinking much about it. We were like they're watching the bats during that game, like Torque and all those guys. And White pitched five scoreless like it was nothing against one of the better lineups that we saw out there that week. But White has a really good arsenal, uh, four pitches, fastball, slide, slider, curve, and changeup, and he commands them really, really well. The velo was up in the AFL, which I thought was a, a huge thing for him where he was sitting closer to 95, which was – Huge encouragement considering all the lost time he's had. And then after the AFL, you know, I just left really impressed. Some of the stat cast data that we were able to pull from, from the AFL when they played in um, Salt River Field was encouraging from what I saw on him as far as spin rates and velo. I don't know. I'm just a fan of what he's done. I thought the command was absolutely stellar. He hit his spots over and over and over again. Even if his velo is... 93 94 I think he could just stick based on the fact that his command is so good and I think the rest of the stuff in this arsenal is solid as well um, he he was featured in Fangraph's top 100 came in at 84 which was encouraging um, I thought that was a big thing for him as well his his four seam is a huge swing and miss pitch too um, last year 46 percent of the time was swung and missed on which again small sample but also very encouraging to see. I don't know. I'm, I'm just a fan of the everything I saw from him live, and the data also kind of backs that up. So we'll see what he can do over full season. Durability is going to be a huge, huge thing for him. But if he can make up for the lost time this year, I expect him to move quickly and also have the potential to really, really stand out in this Texas Oregon. He, Like I said, he can move quick. So he's, he's 22 years old. He was drafted so long ago. I think he's more than ready for the task to move quickly through the system and potentially I think he probably debuts in, in 2023 most likely, but um, I'm excited about these arms in Texas. They're kind of flown on the radar. Now they've got Jack Leiter in there, obviously, but I think Owen White's going to be a solid mid rotation starter. And while some of you may groan at that, I think for fantasy purposes, he could be a very solid ratio type pitcher with the command and control that he has. Yeah. People, Definitely grown at that because it, it doesn't sound sexy. It doesn't it's not front line or number two or number one, but those are still fantasy relevant guys. Yeah. Like some other number three, like John Lackey was a number three for half of his career. He was fantasy relevant. Like I don't know why that's the first thing that came to my mind, but a lot of these <laughs> number three guys are still absolutely fantasy relevant. So don't don't shy away from the mid rotation guys because we can't say front line for everybody. It's just yes. not it's not how it works. Yeah. Like we can't. Say, oh, everybody's an ace. No, I, I know everybody wants to hear that. It's just not feasible. It's it, just not realistic. Everybody wants – everybody always asks on Twitter, like, who are the pitchers with SP1 upside? And you know what I say every time? Nobody. Like, I legitimately – no prospect <laughs> I'm going to throw an SP1 label on. Like, yeah, there's people with that upside. Like, I would say G-Rod has the upside. But there's no one I'm going to say is a future SP1. Right. Because it's just so hard to do. And it's so hard to be an ace. Yes, I think Grayson Rodriguez has the potential to, but look at everybody. Look at all the other pitching prospects that have been at the top of list over the years that have just fallen off. We said Forrest Whitley was going to be an SP1. Mackenzie Gore, the list can just go on and on and on. Pitching prospects bust all the time. Like mid, a, a high floor mid rotation guy is a huge asset for fantasy that we just completely underrate. 
And and you know, I just thought of this person. You know who got that high floor mid rotation tag for most of his time as a prospect and is now a top ten to twelve arm in the game? Shane Bieber. Yeah, this is a perfect example. <laughs> I mean, Bieber's high command, like he never walked anybody. The stuff was just okay. High floor, mid rotation guy, and then he saw the stuff tick up. When you can command the ball well, you can make gains in other areas, and if the yep. command still sticks, you're golden. So I will take the, the high command guy all day long. Yeah, definitely. We talked about um, well when we had Welsh on the call up um, with Marty and I. We broke down the the Rangers farm system, and we talked about him, and we were, we were just like. You know, he's he doesn't have the flashy stuff, but he goes up there and he doesn't try to do too much. He knows what he has. He's yeah. able to utilize what he has to such perfection. He's going to he's going to be that mid rotation arm that every team needs. He's going to be the innings eater. He's going to go out there. He's going to perform and he's going to give you average numbers across the board. But that's that's still relevant, whether real life or fantasy. And those are guys that get overlooked all the time. It's crazy because you 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 always look at your, you know, your rosters and you're just like, man, I wish I could find some consistency so I don't have to stream. And, you know, you leave guys like this on the wire, you leave them out there, and you you wonder why. Like, Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I, I love this. Like Chris mentioned, like, there's a lot of good, you know, arms in this Texas org now, which hasn't really been the case for a handful of years now. Obviously, they just acquired Spencer Howard, former top prospect from the Phillies, who I still have a lot of faith in. I think that he can turn it around with a new change of scenery. Plus, obviously, lighter. Cole wins, another back-end top 100 guy for me. Obviously, Owen White, who I like as well. Glenn Otto is, is solid, at least. He's a major league arm. Uh, Ricky Benasco, another one. Takoa Roby. There's a lot of good arms in this org now. So, um, And Owen White is definitely a good one there. Uh, it's funny. We talk about all these high-floor command arms, and I'm going just – 100% the other way with this pick here, but you know, for how cheap you can get this guy, depending on the depth of your dynasty league, he might just be sitting there. You know, it's very, unless you roster, you won't see him higher than like mid to late three hundreds on many lists. So this is a dart throw. This is a flyer. This is a, a lottery ticket per se, but hey, it's okay to mix some of those guys in, especially if they're like back into your roster. And if it sticks, great. If it doesn't, you move on, you drop him, you go on to the next, you know, guy like this. So uh, I'm talking about Kyle Hurt from the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, was fifth rounder in 2020 out of USC, was drafted by Miami, came over to the Dodgers in the Alex Vesia deal or Pasilla, excuse me, deal, and you know the Dodgers wanted him in that. So the Dodgers saw something in him and you know dodgers when they see something you know that's a good it's a good sign and when they're when they're trading for a guy so uh hurt is a 6 215 pound right hander and there was you know a mix of good and bad last year when you look at his performance only pitched 21 innings and you know the bad was a 557 era 10.9 walk rate and in the afl and 13 and two-thirds innings 593 era and 20 walk rate so a lot of that and that's all he's had in the minor league so far. Uh, so that is probably going to be enough to scare some people away. Like, oh, look, he hasn't even been good yet um, and wasn't a high draft pick. So not a lot of things that people are like that draw people to a profile. Uh, he doesn't really have that. But we look at the stuff. Just go watch Kyle Hurt pitch because he is absolutely filthy. And the good from last season was a 38.9% K rate. Obviously, this is a small sample size, but 38.9% strikeout, right? 28% swing strike rate. And I said he has a very dynamic arsenal, sturdy frame, thick lower half, but in a good way. He's very strong, um, not overweight by any means. And the stuff is just absolutely impressive. Fastball is in the mid-90s, touching higher with good life up in the zone. And he works with a, a lower release point. It's three-fourths arm slot, but uh, very a lower release point, which gives it some, some nice break late at the plate. Changeup is in the low 80s as a plus offering with good sink and fading action really tough on lefties like he'll start it you know thigh high over the heart and then it's just darts down and away from lefties that's a really tough pitch for lefties when he's commanding it well um which we'll get to in a second here uh curveball and slider are sharp as well uh curveball especially is nasty with 11 to 5 break uh, that thing just snaps off a table uh, so all four pitches are very impressive like when when he's when he's on his game and commanding them well 
Now you can get some highlight reel stuff coming from Kyle Hurt, but the issue is with the command and control. Obviously, you saw that, that walk rate. The command is 40 grade at best right now. So the questions long-term are, is he a starter? Will he even make it to the major leagues? I don't know. It's hard to say right now, but he's in the Dodgers org. And it, it'd be one thing if he was in, uh, what's a bad pitching development org? Uh, oh, what's been a Colorado? Yeah, Colorado, <laughs> maybe San Fran. I don't know. This not well, not San Fran. San Fran's gotten good lately, but um, yeah, if he was, was not in a good pitching development org, I would be a little more worried. But he's in one of the best in baseball, a top five easily pitching development organization in baseball. And, I, and like I said in the in the beginning of this, he's someone that you can get for dirt cheap or even free, depending on the depth of your league. So that's the type of guy I'm willing to take a, a chance on. See if he breaks out. If he has another crap year here in 2022 and he's walking everybody and kind of stalls in, in low A or something like that, you know, you move on. But this is a profile worth taking a risk on in case he does stick. And like I said, there's all the pieces are there. The the uh, ingredients are there for the Dodgers to kind of mold and we'll see if they can do it. But I have faith that they'll at least make something out of Kyle Hart. Maybe it's just a high leverage reliever at the highest level. We'll see. But. I want to at least have him on a couple of teams to see if he does click because it could be a very impressive arm and a guy that flies up rankings if that does happen. But all right, we'll go ahead and take a quick break here. I'll come back on the other side and give you six more names to look out for. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more Fantrax Toolshed right after this. Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy or life-saving vaccine? Pioneer Aerospace Excellence? Take your hospitality tech brand international? Montgomery County, Maryland is where you can do all that and more. Use our ideal location next to D.C. Diverse world-class talent and our vast business resources to be the next company to make your mark and transform the world. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com. That's bnext.thinkmoco.com to learn how we can help you create something remarkable. All right, welcome back from the break. We've got six more names to give you, and we're going out to a surprising team here for Christian's next pick. Yeah, well, uh, you know how you mentioned, well, I mentioned the Colorado Rockies as a team that doesn't really develop pitching well. Well, I'm going to Colorado, and <laughs> uh, I'm choosing actually a really young guy, uh, Brian Perez, which was their top international signing Um when the signing period opened after the pandemic in 2020, uh, 2020, 2021 signing period, uh, they signed him for 750 K out of the DR. Uh, he's just recently turned 18 years old, still really young pitched in the DSL last year. Um, but he put up actually really good numbers in 32 and a third inning. He had a 2.78 ERA. Um, and that, paired well off with his expect with his xfip of 299 um so he pitching really well down there and it you know a lot of these young guys especially international when when they get signed um as soon as they get signed and they start playing with their teams that's actually the first time they play any form of organized professional baseball especially at that young age um so to for him to be able to pitch the way he did is actually pretty pretty promising uh for a young kid to go out there when they first signed him he was pitching kind of in the low 90s but he was able to get it up to 95 and even touched 98 at times so he had that you know he's 63 really long still hasn't filled out in his body yet but he continues to just build off of what he's got um really good mechanics easy delivery really good arm speed too it's very repeatable which will help him uh, as he continues to develop. He has good power and feel behind of his pitches. Uh, he throws plenty of strikes, spins a curveball with a really tight rotation on it. Um, you know, there's not much video that comes out of the DR, but from what I did see, he just looks like he has such a composure out there for such a young kid. And that's not something that you could really teach. Uh, it's something that, you know, it's a mindset that they have to go up there with and know, you know, this is the stuff I've got. I've got to go out there and show out. And that's something that he did do down in the DR. Um, and he has a feel for a changeup as well. 
So to have feel for three pitches at 18 years old, um, you know, it's all in the hands of Colorado and their wonderful pitching development that they have there. (laughs) But um, he's going to have plenty of time since Colorado really likes to take their time with their prospects. So it could be another eight to 10 before we see him in the big league level. But um, you want to talk about free like you did with Kyle Hurt. I mean, he's he's definitely going to be available even after FYPD drafts. Honestly, he's going to be on the waiver wire for somebody to pick up and take that chance. And he's somebody that I'm definitely going to uh, just put on my roster, kind of see what happens. I mean, he'll make his stateside debut this year. So it'll be a big year for him, a big test. But, I mean, he, he's shown promise, especially down in the, in the DSL where, like I said, these guys just go out there and try to throw as hard as they can 90% of the time. And for him to be able to have the command that he showed, it, it's it's something I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it continues to translate over. See, you can't just ignore the Colorado Rockies for pitching. Sometimes we might want to, but there's always some good value to be had there. See, definitely a great pick there by Christian, which brings us to Mr. Clegg's next pick here. All right, I'm going to one of my favorites from – uh, the 2020 draft class, Nick Bitsko. He was a prep arm, drafted by the Tampa Bay Rays, 24th overall. Unfortunately, injuries kind of derailed him, and he has not pitched professionally. He had shoulder surgery um, to address a labrum issue back in December of 2020. So we're now uh, 15 months removed. He should, he's been throwing. He should be scheduled to um, be back with the – in the organization, at least pitching in game fairly soon into 2022 season. So at least by midseason, we hope to see him full strength. Bitsko is one that highly excited me then. And so this is, in my opinion, the perfect time to really buy him because when you see guys like this, they're just forgotten about. So there's a, a good chance that he's off most people's radars in dynasty leagues. But, I mean, you look at 17 years old, he was hitting – 99 miles an hour, just absolutely just smoking the velo, had decent command as well, a good four-pitch mix. Touted as having a very well-rounded arsenal for a 17-year-old prep guy, and he was young for the draft class when he was 17, when he was drafted actually, which is a a huge thing. And when guys command it, well, also it's a big thing for them. So we looked at guys like Mick Abel and Nick Bitsko in that class, and I liked both a lot. So we we see where – uh, Mick Abel is right now, and I think that Nick Bitsko could be every bit of the player that um, Mick Abel is. So you think about how how highly touted he is, and I really believe that Bitsko could take a huge step forward once he's healthy and back out on the mound. So I would say now is a perfect time to buy in a dynasty league because most people are completely off of him. They've forgotten about him, and that's when you pounce because he hasn't pitched professionally. People forget the talent level. I'm all in. I would say go get him now before the call soars because it really could take off this year when he's pitching. So he's a good buy and one that really could break out this year. I love Bisco too. I'm not quite yeah. ready to go McAbel levels with you here. Everyone knows my yeah. immense love for Mr. McAbel. Um, but yeah, definitely echo everything you said about Nick Bisco. Definitely very, very talented arm for sure. And in the race, you got to love that. Uh, my next one here is going to be a guy that I made a claim month or probably two months ago at this point that I could see a future where end of 2022, he's ranked higher than Kate Gavali. And that's Cole Henry from the Washington Nationals. Uh, really successful in 2021, although had some more injuries. Like the red flag, the, you know, the tractor here in Cole Henry's profile is that he's had some injuries. He had, uh, at LSU, he had a stress reaction in his arm and an elbow issue. And then in 2021, five starts in, elbow issue popped back up and forced him to miss two and a half months. Then he came back, uh, I believe it was in er, it was early August, uh, had a couple of rehab outings in the Florida Complex League, and then finished his last four starts of the season back up with high A and was absolutely dominant. In those four starts, which span 19 innings, allowed nine hits, one run, three walks, 28 Ks, which equates to a 0.47 ERA, 0.63 whip, 4.3% walk rate, and a 40.6% K rate. Overall, when you add it all together, 47 innings this season, 230 ERA, 0.85 whip, 
6.6% walk rate, 38.3% K rate, a 45.2% ground ball rate, and a 19.6% swing strike rate as well, which was about three or so percentage points ahead of Kate Cavalli. Granted, at lower levels, yes, um, but this was right up near where, you know, higher than Shane Boz, is right up in G-Rod's level, uh, close to Espino. So this is a very good swing strike rate. And also got some time in, in the AFL, which is very encouraging to see. We didn't see him, unfortunately, when we were out there uh, for that time out at first pitch Arizona, but he did get 19 innings uh, in out there. That was very encouraging. 332 ERA and 30 Ks to nine walks in those 19 innings. Uh, like I said, there is some risk in the profile, but I think he could be in another one of those mid, solid mid-rotation arms. It's a good three-pitch mix, uh, plus fastball, plus curveball. Fastball is mid-90s with solid life. Curveball probably might be his best pitch. Um, easy, Easily plus pitch, misses plenty of bats, plenty of depth in that pitch as well. Changeup at one point was a distant third offering, but that's really developed uh, over the last year or so. Good sinking action, some fade to it as well. Uh, enough where I can put that. That's at least to be a major league average offering. And maybe, heck, you know, more development. That might be an above average third pitch as well. So really good three-pitch mix. His command and control also ticked up from his days at LSU. And I think it'll really help, too, just getting, you know, he hasn't really had, like, long strings of, you know, time on the mound. He's all these little ticky-tack injuries here that have kind of kept him out for, you know, a few weeks here and then a couple months here. So if he can stay healthy, for all of 2022 and just really just have a fully healthy year start to finish and really get, you know, put together 25 or whatever starts in a row. I think you can see that command tick up even more. I don't think it'll be a plus command and control guy, but at least average, maybe even above average in time. I said the swing, the uh, walk rate, excuse me, was only six and a half percent this year. So pretty encouraging in that 47 inning. So yeah, I really like Cole Henry. I think he's very undervalued. I've already moved him way up my list and you'll see that in my next update here. Uh, which will be out next Monday on Fantrax HQ. You can see it now on our Patreon if you're a Patreon subscriber too. He's jumped way up and will probably keep jumping way up, I think. So go out and get Cole Henry. That brings us to Christian's last player here. And we got a couple of Detroit arms going back-to-back coming up here. So who's your guy here, Christian? Well, this guy actually has a kind of a soft spot uh, in my heart because – during his draft process, actually, I was a part of it, and I was a part of uh, the interview process he had with the team because he didn't really speak much English at the time. So I was the translator between him um, and the area scout. And this is going to be brother of Major League longtime infielder Wilmer Flores, Wilmer Flores, pitcher in the <laughs> Tigers system. Um so he spent just one year at a JUCO out in Arizona. Um, in a short time there, he pitched only six innings, all, uh, six games, all in relief. He allowed six runs and five hits, struck out 16 over 11 and two-thirds innings, and walked 12, which the numbers weren't great. But a lot of uh, scouts, what they saw was the underlying numbers that paired off of that. And there are a lot of people that were intrigued with it enough to get him, you know, uh, signed immediately after the draft and this was the draft uh during the covid season so it was the short that shortened draft so a lot of guys went undrafted obviously but you know the tigers made it a priority to make sure he got signed after um so he made his debut obviously with the team this year and he had a fit overall fit between two levels of complex level and um a ball lakeland of 2.61 and a k per nine over 12 at both levels. Um, he's a very stocky pitcher. He kind of has, um, like to me, I kind of compare his body style to Luis Garcia of the Astros. Just very built. Just, just he looks like a steady guy up there. Like he's going to be able to maintain himself up there and be durable. Um, he made changes to his mechanics from when he was in college down now to uh, professional baseball and it's been able to translate his game uh, really well he gets above average spin on every single one of his pitches and he's um, really good spin on his curveball he has uh, upper 90s fastball with hammer breaking pitch like I said uh, long term probably projects to be more of a relief pitcher he has that risk to him but I mean he's got 
such an arsenal that just gets you intrigued and makes you want to follow him. Um, he's got a hard slider, which people kind of say it's more cutter-ish, and I've seen it. It, it does kind of blend in as a cutter, but he has a very power. He has a power changeup as well that kind of fits in with a as a sinker. Um, like I said, strong four pitch repertoire with high spin on all of his pitches. Um, he for what he did this past season and leaves a lot of optimism going forward. And like I said, he just looks like that durable type of pitcher that is always going to go out there and always going to just go out there and compete. And in a system that has been able to produce um, a lot of good young starting pitchers recently, we're seeing him now at the major league level and even still throughout their, their minor leagues, they've got really good arms that they're developing still, and they'll slowly start to show themselves. Um, Wilmer Flores is definitely somebody that I'm I'm definitely trying to grab some shares of wherever I can, just because he does have that promise to him. Another guy you can get for free. Yeah, another it's another guy you can get for free depending on the depth of your league. So definitely a guy to take a shot on for sure. Uh, Chris, who's your last guy here? Yeah, we'll stick in the same system. Going with Dylan Smith, uh, drafty this year out of Alabama. He was the Tigers' third round pick, seventy fourth overall, and Smith was exclusive out of the bullpen his first two years, 2019, 2020. He was only a bullpen guy, and then he picked a great year to break out. Obviously, his junior year being draft year for him, he started 16 games, pitched 98 innings, had a 3.84 ERA and a 1.21 WHIP. Nothing flashy, like nothing crazy to get you super excited about, but he was an ace in the SEC. Um, Connor Prelip went down with an injury pretty early in the season. So Smith filled that role of the ace for that team. And he was pretty dominant. He struck out 113 batters, walked just 14. So that's a 10.3 K per nine and a 1.8 walks per nine, which is both, both very solid numbers there. He's very athletic on the mound. Um, He's got plenty of room to fill out. Still, he's listed at 6'2", 180. So you can see that his body still has room to add some weight. And and if I had to guess, it's highly possible that he did add some weight during this time in the offseason. As you know, most players do when they first get into a big league org. I think that's one thing that typically happens for most if they're dedicated to really put on that weight. He could definitely see the velo tick up. Right now, he's he's been sitting 91 to 94, but he's been up to 96, throws a curve, slider, and change up. The slider is probably his best uh, swing and miss pitch of all of them, but all all three of those secondaries produce good whiff numbers on them. The slider sits in the low to mid 80s, uh, throws it good down and away to the glove side, has good tilt out of his hand. The curve has you know, some good fading action. I just think that really the biggest thing holding him back is home runs. That's what we saw um, in college really was the home runs that hurt him, but he did improve strike throwing a good bit. I do think there's some velo left in the frame here because, as I mentioned, he can add weight. And typically when guys add weight and get stronger, they're going to likely add to that velo as well. So there's minimal mileage on his arm. Seen a little bit of footage from him this spring, some good content of him going against Gage Workman. Fun to see. I'm a fan of him, and I think that he's one that's just highly underrated in the system and – could potentially break out. So I'm buying in this Dylan Smith breakout here. Nice pick there. I like Dylan Smith as well. I'm going to stick in the 2021 draft class. Uh, I could have gone with like four different guys here. I kept going back and forth, but I'm going to settle on a guy that Chris and I saw out. We've, you know, in Arizona, we've talked about before, but I'm just every more I look in, into Ben and Kaderna, the more I like him. And I recently just moved him ahead of Frank Mazzucato, who is a top 10 overall pick. Granted, it was an underslot pick, but uh, definitely love Ben Kaderna a little bit more than Mazzucato, who I, I like as well. But Kaderna, he has, you know, he's so he's still only 18, but he has a lot. He has a great feel for pitching already. We saw him out in Arizona, as I mentioned, and he was sitting 95 to 97, touching 98, which is already up from where he was his senior year in high school. He was an LSU commit. Um, a lot of a lot of you know ease and fluidity. In his delivery, it's very clean, very repeatable. And he, so he's got a good feel for all three of his pitches. That fastball, which I think could be plus in time. And he could add some more bulk to it. He's still got you know, it's kind of a slight frame, 
um, for being six foot three. So you could definitely see him. I think maybe add a tick or two at a velocity uh, more than he already has. Slider is a very good pitch. I think it could be another plus offering in time. And the changeup, he's shown a good feel for that as well. It's low 80s, um, good good fade to it. So I think that could be at least an average third pitch, maybe even above average. And a good feel for, for someone his age. He's shown solid command and control, throws strikes, really fills up the zone. So uh, I like there's a lot to like here in this profile. And uh, I think he could be a huge riser once he kind of gets in the games this year. He was a second round pick, so he wasn't like a you know first rounder or like a Frank Mazzucato, but I really think that he's going to be the better arm of the two long term. So right now is the time to get in on him. If you can get him, you know, I think I have him around. You can probably get him like around like fifty to sixty in your first year player draft or something like that. Maybe no higher than forty. So you want to use a high pick on him, getting him in the you know fourth, fifth round, depending on your how many teams are in your league. So definitely really like Ben Kader in the long term. So I am. Trying to get as many shares as I can now. So I think he's really going to break out this year once everyone sees how good he is and how advanced he is for his age. So uh, Ben Kaderna will be my last guy here, and that'll wrap us up. Christian, thank you so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun talking some breakout arms. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely lived up to expectations. You guys have no <laughs> idea. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, yeah. man, we appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you coming on, taking some time to talk some breakout arms with us. Make sure you check out all of Christian's work over at Pitcher List, Fantasy Pros, Triple Play Fantasy. Uh, is he co-hosts the the call up with uh, Marty Tallman that I'll be on later this week, and Dynasty Nerds as well. Spoiler check out all of his alert. stuff. What's that? Spoiler alert: We hadn't released yes. the names yet. Oh, you haven't? No, nope. <laughs> my bad. Well, if you listen to this, there's a spoiler. Um, talking. Are we, are we gonna are we gonna say who we're talking about, or should we leave that for the show? Yeah, yeah. We can go ahead. We can say. It. Okay. Well, it's gonna be Seattle. Um, yeah. when Marty asked me, he's like, "Hey, who, any orgs you want to do?" I'm like, "Yeah, is Seattle still up for grabs." <laughs> Love talking Seattle. So we'll talk some of them. So be on the lookout for that later this week and check out all the past episodes they've done. So you guys have done all the American League East and Central so far. And so, so yeah, Mariners are the last one for the West, and then we oh, head nice. over to the National League. So check out those. Those have been great. I've, I've checked out some, some of those as well. So just go check out all of Christian's work. You can follow him at Crest C-R-E-S, underscore two six. You can follow Chris at Roto Clay. I'm at Eric Cross 04, and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning in, in again this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. You can follow all of Chris and I's work at Fantrax HQ or over on our Patreon or at Fantasy Pros as well. And join us again next time for more fantasy baseball talk. But until then, everyone take care.